Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday, February 11th, and I'm glad you can join us today, whether you're listening in Meridian, Mississippi on WMER, up in the Virginia Beach area on the Lighthouse, or here in Florida or South Georgia on The Truth. I'm excited about our guest today, one, because I love Israel, I love leading groups over there and learning uh, contextually about the Word of God. And this brother is the founder and president of a ministry called Word of Messiah Ministries. And he has been focused on raising up leaders and planting Messianic congregations, making disciples, and mentoring people all over the world. Um, and he is... Uh, he, he's just, we've had him on before. I, I got a lot of his resources after we had him on and I called him because we're teaching through Acts for those of you who's been following us and we're into the coming of the messianic age in Acts 2 and I just thought it would be great to have him back on to talk about Messiah, what that meant for the Jewish people then, what it means for us today. And so Sam Nadler, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Shalom, Doug, and shalom, y'all, wherever wherever you are. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your ministry uh, of equipping Messianic communities and uh, just what you've done, the resources you've put out there. I have been blessed. Uh, I love your book, Messianic Foundations. And by the way, if you want any mm. of uh, a, a Sam's books, you can go to his website. It's called Word of messiah um you go to word of messiah um and it's uh all there dot um, dot org, dot org. yeah word of messiah yeah word of messiah dot org but let me mention something for those listeners uh who want any of our materials uh you can go to word of messiah dot org and at the bookstore there order what you want and put the code in for the uh swat twenty. It's W-A-T, SWAT, two zero, and you'll get a 20% discount all the way through the end of February just for listening in on the show. Oh, that's very and kind. Materials will play, <laughs> and some of the materials, uh, Doug, will be uh, especially helpful on Acts chapter 2 because Acts 2, as you're aware, deals with the biblical festival of Pentecost, or as it is in Hebrew, Shavuot. And so Pentecost is especially important relative to the work of God, as you've probably been teaching. Uh, but nonetheless, our books and materials, especially Messiah in the Feast of Israel, that book will go into some depth on the Feast of Pentecost as laid out in Acts chapter 2. So that's Messiah and the Feast. You can go to wordofmessiah dot org go to bookstore and put in swat 20 for the code swat 20 and uh, you know uh, sam thank you so much again for well thank you for taking the time to write this stuff out uh because you keep talking about messiah and the word messiah for people in the west is translated mm-hmm. from greek christos to christ and a lot of westerners 
only think of it in terms of a name. And I mean, a name, it is important as a name, but it has so much more meaning. And I just was hoping that today you could kind of take us through what a Jewish person, when they heard Messiah going back, first of all, to that time period would have heard when they heard Messiah, Mashiach. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Uh, the word Mashiach in Hebrew, or Messiah as it's anglicized, means anointed one, anointed one. And so uh, the prophet was anointed, the priest was anointed, and the king was anointed. And so the threefold role of the Messiah in the Hebrew Scriptures as prophet, priest, and king is fulfilled in Yeshua or Jesus, the Messiah. Now, when you translate it into Greek, uh, this, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures is called the Septuagint. When you look at the word Messiah, as it's laid out in Daniel chapter 9, uh, verse 25, uh, when you see the word Messiah there in the translated Greek, it's Christos or Christ. Mm. Christos is the word, the Greek word for anointed one, and uh, it's anglicized as Christ. Mm-hmm. So they both mean exactly the same thing. Now, I grew up in a traditional Jewish home, uh, and we never used that particular name because we thought that was the God of the bad guys. <laughs> People tried to kill us. Yeah. And I thought that it was his last name, Jesus Christ. You mm. know, that Mr. and Mrs. Christ want to introduce you to their son, Jesus Christ. I didn't realize it was a title. Mm. It's a title. And it speaks to the one especially anointed as prophet, priest, and king to bring about Israel's redemption and salvation. Mm. Well, now, when you were, grew up, you grew up in a traditional Jewish home, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. Okay. So when you grew yeah, up, did, yeah, did they teach you about that? Oh, did they teach you about Messiah then, or did it? Did you guys uh, not talk about that? Well, much? well, it was used a little bit uh, to to keep me at arm's distance. Mm. Uh, when can I get a bicycle, Dad? When Messiah comes? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> And so I couldn't wait for Messiah to come because I got a bicycle. Oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> so it was, even though in traditional Orthodox Judaism, uh, we do pray that Messiah will come quickly, but it's not necessarily something we anticipate uh, on a daily basis. Hmm. Uh, and so uh, one of the books I wrote deals with that subject because. Uh, most Jewish people, uh, when I was growing up, this would have been true, most Jewish people have some ideas about the Messiah, that when he comes, according to Isaiah chapter 2, he will bring world peace. Mm -hmm. And so I was sharing, uh, witnessing to a rabbi about Yeshua, Jesus, being our Messiah. And he walked over to the window, looked out, he said, no, no peace yet. He can't be the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so many of my people uh, are thinking he would bring peace, but I want to just clarify that. In my book, uh, the Jew- it's called the Messianic Answer Book. Mm-hmm. It helps people witness to Jewish people. Many Jewish people have come to personal faith in Jesus through this book. But in that book, we deal with these issues. Uh, and so I want to just, one point I want to make to everyone 
is that when Messiah came, when Jesus came, he came to bring peace. But if I came to your house, Doug, and I'm not trying to frighten you, <laughs> but if I came to your house, Doug, and I was bringing a cake with me, mm-hmm. but you say, Sam, we don't want you, but we want the cake. What? You get me. You don't get the cake without me. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Messiah. He is the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah 9, 5 in the Hebrew. And so he is the one who gives peace, but you don't have the peace unless you accept him. And all who have personally trusted in him, all who have accepted him as the Messiah or Christ, for many of our listeners, uh, they have received peace with God, uh, peace with one another. The middle wall of partitions broken down. That's why, Doug, we are brothers in Messiah. Hmm. And if you trust in him, He'll bring peace of mind as well, as Philippians two teaches us. Well, when when the Philippians four, yeah, when the the Jewish people um, heard uh, heard Peter mm-hmm. preaching from Joel two mm-hmm. uh, on the day of mm-hmm. Pentecost, and he's talking mm-hmm. about Messiah being there. Um, what 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 expectations were they hoping? What were they hoping for the Jewish people? And I know you weren't there, sure. obviously, but 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 from your studies and your old. your understanding from a Jewish perspective, what did that mean to that sure. group of people? It meant restoration, but what is that? You know. Well, can we have a little bit of a Bible study since you brought it up? Okay, let's take a look. Everyone, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter two. Acts chapter 2, in verse 1, and I like the way the King James uh, translated verse 1 from the Greek, because of a particular word there. And so in Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost, and I like the King James, had fully come. Uh, The word there that's used for fully come, uh, many translations just when the day of Pentecost had come, that's, that's pretty weak. Mm-hmm. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, Paul uh, Luke is writing this to let us know of a fulfillment. The word that's used there is used in Luke eight twenty three for a boat that gets flooded with water, swamped with water. Mm-hmm. In other words, the feast of Pentecost came in like a flood in fulfillment. This was the fulfillment Luke is telling us of the feast of Pentecost. The expectations of uh, the people of Israel relative to the Feast of Shavuot or Pentecost, as it is uh, translated from the Greek. Wow. And so we want to understand this chapter that way. Okay, well, listen, we got to go to our first break. And so if you don't have your Bible, go grab a Bible, turn to Acts 2, and we're we're looking Mm -hmm. at what it means to be in the place where Messiah has come and to hear this message, and uh, Sam's explaining that, we're going to come yes. right back. And yes. by the way, just a quick reminder, mm-hmm. you can go to wordofmessiah.org. That's W-R-D-O-F-M-E-S-S-I-A.org. Go to the bookstore, order some of those resources, and I'll give more information about those later. Put in SWAT 20, you get 20% off for the rest of February. And uh, uh, Sam, mm-hmm. we're going to be right back after this break, and I want to hear more about Messiah, okay? Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back on SWAT Radio. Right. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Sky traced out by the city lights, my world from a mile high. Best seat in the house tonight. Touch down in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I have uh, Sam Nadler from Word of Messiah. Uh, ministries talking to us today about what messiah means and what his coming means and why it's so important even for us in the west we don't always grasp that like even like he was sharing in his own story he thought christ was just the last name of jesus and so many people in the west that's the only value it has for them they don't really comprehend like he shared that 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 word carried uh, a prophet, priest, and king. It means anointed one, and it was about Israel's restoration. They were looking forward to being restored, and that's such a powerful thing. Um, you know, I think even of of what Jesus told his disciples, Sam. You know, when it, when he talked about them being equipped, that's a restorative word. It means to be restored, and he came first to restore our spirit connecting with the father before he ever connected anything restoratively on earth. And I think that's what happened when they missed that. But you were, you were sharing with us in acts chapter two, and I appreciate you bringing out the nuance about in, in the ESV, which we, we use a lot. It's arrived. You said in the King James, it's fully come mentioning Luke eight. It means literally to be swamped with, I looked up the Greek word, which which means it, yes. it means come to completion, you know. I mean, like uh, yes. it's come to completion, yeah. and yeah. so that's an interesting yes. thing. So go ahead and continue teaching yes. us about yeah. what that meant for them. Yeah, yeah. Luke was recording this uh, in a way to communicate the profound truth of what historically and literally uh, took place. Now, many of our listeners may not be familiar with the Feast of Israel. 
uh, in my book, Messiah in the Feast of Israel, I go through all seven festivals as they're outlined in Leviticus chapter 23. Mm-hmm. All of them are God's timetable for his redemptive program. Mm. God outlined his redemptive program through the Feast of Israel, starting with Passover, with salvation. He's the Lamb of God, praise God. Then 50 days later, Pentecost. Pentecost means 50 days in the Greek. 50 days later, Pentecost, or Shavuot, which means weeks, seven weeks in the day. And then in the fall, of course, the the finale rally of God with the Feast of Trumpets, with the Day of Atonement for Israel, Mm -hmm. and then finally for the Tabernacle. So the festivals of Israel outline the redemptive program. And so uh, in Acts chapter 2, when Luke is recording this, the listeners, all those who were there, and everyone reading this, you know, many of us may not be as familiar with the Hebrew Scriptures as the first century believers were. That was the Bible that they preached from. Mm -hmm. Even as uh, the gospel accounts and and letters from the apostles were being circulated, so many of the believers in the first century were then aware of some of these things, because the Feast of Pentecost, when, when we think about it, when did it first take place? Well, it's recorded uh, in Leviticus 23, but when we read, coming out of Egypt, remember Passover was celebrated in Egypt, mm-hmm. 50 days after we left Egypt, it says in Exodus 19.1, it was the third month. Well, that's about 50 days. And in Judaism, it's called, uh, uh, Pentecost is called the season of the giving of the law. Mm-hmm. When Moses went up on Mount Sinai, it's considered the first Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we can call it the season of the giving of the Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, because of what God did in fulfillment. But when Luke was recording this, he was recording this as a, in what took place in Acts chapter 2 as a second Mount Sinai experience. Hmm. A second Mount Sinai experience. Let me explain. Hmm. When God went, came down on Mount Sinai, there was fire and noise. Well, that's exactly what Luke says here as well. Mm-hmm. That fire, that purifying fire, before they were able to to have proclamation, they needed purification, and so the Spirit of God applying the benefits of the cross, purifying us, so the fire representing the purifying work of God, Mm. uh, so they might proclaim the good news. And so also uh, the Holy Spirit now descends upon them uh, with flames of fire over their head. And then they started speaking in verse started speaking in the languages of the nations, the tongues. Mm -hmm. Uh, You say, well, what does that refer to? Well, listen, it is so important to understand what God is doing here, because God's desire, you know, when he chose the Jewish people uh, and chose Abraham, uh, he said, in you all the nations of the earth would be blessed. He chose the Jewish people, to bless all the nations of the world. And so he says in Isaiah 56, 7, 
that his house would be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Mm. And so we see from every nation represented there as every as Jewish people had to come worldwide to celebrate uh, Pentecost in Jerusalem. But the rabbis in the first century, when they were looking back on what took place uh, at Mount Sinai and what's being replicated here in Acts 2, the rabbis wrote, and I'm quoting now from the Talmud uh, in Sota 32a for our nerds who are listening, it's, and I'm quoting, it says, every single word that went forth from the omnipotent at Mount Sinai was split up into 70 languages. Mm. The rabbis understood God's love for all the nations and therefore wanted everyone to hear his truth. Well, even so, and more so, here in Acts chapter 2, as all the languages being proclaimed the good news, the mighty works, the mighty works of Messiah dying for sins, raised from the dead, ascending unto heaven, the mighty works of God. And so at the, when we study uh, with the giving of the law, remember, this is a fulfillment, but in an unusual fashion. Let me explain. In Exodus chapter 32, if you remember, Moses went up on Mount Sinai to get the law. Mm-hmm. Down below, Exodus 32, uh, the people got impatient, and they therefore made a golden calf, and what happened in Exodus 32, 28, God brought judgment, and three thousand died mm-hmm. at the fulfillment of Pentecost. In Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 41, three thousand were saved. Mm-hmm. The giving of the law, three thousand died. The giving of the Spirit, three thousand saved. What's going on here? Well, the law like a mirror, reveals our rebellion. Mm -hmm. But the Spirit of God, like a window, points us to Jesus, the Redeemer. We see our redemption. Viva la difference. Mm. In other words, we see an unusual fulfillment of what God had promised he has provided in the Messiah of Israel. And so Luke is recording uh, a fulfillment, a second Mount Sinai experience of the dramatic, dynamic work that he would do in giving of the Holy Spirit. When the law was given, that made us into an organization. We had the same rules. When the Spirit was given, that made us into an organism. organism. We are one body of Messiah. We are the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things uh, uh, that, that 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 is, well, that, that's exactly what we've been teaching. I mean, that what you're sharing. And one of the questions I had yeah. for you is that it's my understanding that the the, the Jewish people, when Luke was uh, right, well, when he wrote about this at that time that it happened, that the Hebrew people that came from Pontus, Cappadocia, and all these other places, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they would not have heard the works of God read from the scriptures or even quoted about him in any other language other than Hebrew or Aramaic. Is that right? Because that's that was my understanding that when they went to synagogue, even though they were in another country, they, the the Hebrew was the language of God. It was the holy language. Is that is that is that correct? 
Well, that pretty much uh, when they the two things took place in a synagogue. Mm-hmm. When they read from the Torah, they read from the scriptures. It was initially read. They first read it in Hebrew, mm-hmm. but then they translated it into the language of the day. So in the Galilee and Judah area, where Aramaic was being spoken, similar to Hebrew, but not the same, when Aram, they were speaking Aramaic, they read, after the Hebrew was read, they read from the Aramaic translation called the Targum. Mm-hmm. In the, out in Greece and other places, Asia Minor, etc., where Greek was the language, the lingua franca of the place, the language they spoke, they would read the Hebrew in the synagogue and then would read from the Septuagint, the Greek translation of it. Because mm-hmm. Hebrew was the language of the religious language in the synagogue, but the people would have spoken Greek out in those parts of the world. Okay. So does, that help, does that help a little bit? Well, yeah, and, and I, I want to dr- dig down just a little more on that, and, and I'll let you think. we got to go to our break here, our, our news break on the half hour. But the reason I'm asking that is mm-hmm. because when they heard all these languages speaking about God, and the mighty works of God in different languages, uh, it took me back to Isaiah and even Deuteronomy, uh, where Moses was talking about foreign nations coming in and bringing judgment, and and how uh, in Isaiah he said, you know, you, I'm going to speak to you in a foreign language, and still you're going to rebel. Um, and I would like right. for you when we come back, we got one where we got to go to our break. Mm-hmm. But when we come back from this, sure. I would love for you to kind of weigh in on that particular point, because that mm-hmm. I, if I'm wrong, I want to know. But back where, you know, they were speaking in these different languages, uh, I thought that mm-hmm. was God's judgment on his people that foreign languages are saying. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that more when we come mm-hmm. back. You're listening to Sam Nadler. Real mm-hmm. quick word of Messiah. Uh, .org is the website. You can get resources there. Again, he just mentioned the one about Christ in the feast. It's called Messiah in the Feast of Israel. Put SWAT20, you get 20% off uh, if you use that code. And we're going to be talking more about that when we come back. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary on Thursday, February 11th, and I'm glad you've joined us today. Hey, I'd like to thank our sponsors who make it possible for us to be able to bring guys like uh, Sam Nadler to you and this ministry. Uh, Ace Door and Window, Gary Hale and his brother, thank you so much for helping us. Tom Neal Trucking, uh, really appreciate you guys helping, and also uh, 
Jeff Andrews and Highway to Eternity Ministries. Appreciate you guys making it possible for us to be on the air here. And also the Lord's Foundation, they also help us. And just so grateful to be able to bring this kind of information out to you people and resources. And again, I want to mention the website, Word of Messiah, and it's wordofmessiah.org. And he, uh, Sam has mentioned Messiah and the Feast of Israel. You can go on there and click on uh, books, go to the bookstore and just look for that book. And it's normally like 15 bucks, but you get 20% off if you put SWAT 20, S-W-A-T 20 in the code for the whole month. But there's also a DVD kit in there, a Feast of the Bible DVD kit. And I'm assuming, Sam, that you're teaching in that DVD, correct? Hello? Sam, you there? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Hello, okay. hello, hello. Oh, okay. There? Yeah, yeah. Did you hear me? I was yeah. I was talking about your Feast yeah. of the Bible DVD, and I said I'm assuming that's you yeah. teaching that in that DVD. Yeah, that is. That is. Okay. Yes, it is. In fact, Doug, I teach on those festivals in churches all around the world, and if churches who are listening to your broadcast would like to have me come speak on any of the festivals or matters regarding Israel and prophecy or other areas that, 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 that is pertinent to get us to be praying. But nonetheless, they can go to uh, wordofmessiah.org and push the, get, uh, there's a contact button there. Mm-hmm. And they can let us know, and we'll be in touch with them, and we can schedule me to come speak, or others of our staff, we have other staff, and go speaking and, uh, and edify their, our brothers and sisters in the churches as well. Well, and and you know what, yeah. uh, this would be a, a, a pretty good time because you know Passover is coming up uh, in March, the end of March, and uh, sure. that it would be great to have uh, Sam come and share with your church about you know Passover, um, maybe how to do mm-hmm. a Passover, a seder. And, um, and, and so if you want to get in touch with him, just go to wordofmessiah.org and click on contact. Uh, but I would do it quick cause it's coming up really soon. And, uh, one other resource on his website, I want to tell you about too, it's called seeing the redeemed real quick. Give us an elevator speech on seeing the redeemed. What is that about that particular DVD, uh, and book about? Well, we have, uh, let me just mention, Doug, that we have so many resources for our brothers and sisters uh, in two areas. One, it has to do with uh, evangelism. We have a lot of materials, as I mentioned, the Messianic Answer Book and other books and materials and DVDs and other teachings uh, to help them in their witness. And secondly, for discipleship. Mm -hmm. We want to see people built up in the holy faith. And so the issue of seeing the redeemed has to do with what does it look like uh, when you're walking with the Lord? What Mm -hmm. does that look like? You know, we're living out the life of Messiah. We're not living our own lives. We die to ourselves. And as we trust in the Lord, and you know, we must die daily. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we live for him and live him out. The Holy Spirit then empowers us as we die to ourselves, trusting in in Jesus, trusting in Yeshua, and the Holy Spirit empowers us 
to live out the life of Messiah. What does that look like? Well, we go into that, and I think it'll be a blessing to everyone. Yeah, and just so you know, also, if you're listening and you have any Russian friends, because there were a lot of Jewish people in Russia, uh, he has yes. it in Russian. Yeah. He's got a lot of resources in Russian. He's also got them in Spanish. Um, and so, again, wordofmessiah.org. And, um, I, you know, yeah. I want to go back to this Isaiah passage uh, real quick that I mentioned before we went to break, mm-hmm. Sam. In Isaiah 28, uh-huh. when God's talking about judgment, and he, a lot of people know Isaiah 28 for precept upon precept, line upon line. But in verse right. 11, he mm-hmm. says, For by people of strange lips and with a foreign tongue, the Lord will speak to this people to whom he has said, this is rest, give rest to the weary, this is repose, yet they would not hear. And the and, and then he goes Ooh. on to say, the word will be precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they may go and fall backwards, be broken, snared, and taken. And I, I just, when I was reading from Acts 2 and hearing all these Ooh. languages, just picturing at the temple, all these languages saying the words of God and the wor- the works of God, the mighty works of God. I wonder if those people were thinking, this is, you know, this is prophesied. This is what God said. We're going to hear it in strange lips. And still, many of them didn't listen. And that's a question I get asked a lot. Why did the people reject Messiah with so much evidence there? You know, I mean, why did they reject Jesus? Absolutely. So how do you respond to that? Yes, absolutely. Well, let me go go at this real slowly here. Uh, Regarding uh, Isaiah uh, and the issue of what's being done there, uh, let me just say uh, the matter in there is that uh, the prophecy is that good news, as we understand it, would be proclaimed in other languages, mm-hmm. in a foreign tongue. In other words, when they're not when they're hearing the message of Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, in other languages, that is supposed to be a sign to them mm-hmm. that God is doing a work, a special work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they may think, well, I only want it in Hebrew or not at all. Well, guess what, buddy? You're going to accept it the way God gives it. Mm. Uh, That's the first thing. The second thing is, when we look at Acts chapter 2, and it says that when they were speaking in these languages, the people understood it. Mm -hmm. In other words, these were languages that were understood. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thirdly, let me just mention, what were they saying? It says the mighty works of God. Now, what exactly is that? Well, we know exactly what that is, because we are taught, uh, from the you know what what the Lord taught His disciples and all of us regarding the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. it says in John chapter sixteen, uh, verse thirteen and fourteen, when the Spirit of Truth comes, He will disclose. And then verse fourteen, He says, He will glorify Me. Mm-hmm. So let's understand the work of the Holy Spirit. It is to glorify Jesus. This is what is said. For the second coming as well, Zechariah 12, 10, mm. the Spirit shall be poured out on Jerusalem, and they shall look unto me whom they pierce. The Spirit always points us to Jesus. So the mighty works in Acts chapter 2, where they were uh, 
speaking the mighty works of God. They were speaking of what God has done in the Messiah, how he died for our sins, how he was raised bodily from the dead, how he ascended unto the right hand of God. These are the mighty works that the Holy Spirit was proclaiming then and now. Because in Revelation 19.10, it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does the Holy Spirit want the world to know? What's the world to know about Jesus, about Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah? This is the message then and now and indeed forever. Mm, that's, that's really so when good. When we consider the issue, of, the issue of rejection now, why, why do most of my people, you have to remember we're talking about most of my people, Mm-hmm. We're not talking about all of my people. Mm-hmm. It's very clear, right from, uh, it always has been a remnant who believes. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it was always only a remnant who believes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was always just a remnant who, you know, most most of Israel didn't make it into the promised land. Mm-hmm. It, their carcasses fell in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So this is not unusual. Uh, it's only a remnant. But national revival one day take place. But why most Jewish people do not believe I've written a number of materials on it. And by the way, we have a new book that just came out, Doug. It's called The Israel Factor. The Israel Factor. And it's available if they go to wordofmessiah.org, and they'll get a discount on that, too. But nonetheless, the point point is that uh, the reason that uh, most of my people have so far, you know, we are we are hopeful people. Uh, one day, all Israel will be saved. But right now, most most often, do not believe for a number of reasons. First of all, because of history, uh, our listeners may not be aware of the damaging effect of anti-Semitism by so-called Christians. I say so-called. Because those who have the king of the Jews living in their heart can't hate Jews or anyone else, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so that's a big problem. But, but understand that's one of the problems. The second reason is that uh, in synagogues, they do not teach on the necessity of blood sacrifice. Hmm. When the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. by the Romans, the Jewish people, the rabbis in particular, understood that or interpreted that event to mean that God no longer needed or required sacrifices for sin. Now, that was wrong. Mm -hmm. It's wrong because the final sacrifice had been made in Jesus. There is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, another reason why my people do not believe, why, why the good news is rejected, they don't understand the desperate need for blood atonement they don't understand how how awful sin is how damaging sin is that we're dead spiritually dead in our sins and trespasses Hmm. and so history and also regarding the blood sacrifice these are some of the reasons and my materials go into more and how to address all these matters in our witness to Jewish people. All right, that, to be an encouragement to the body of Messiah. Well, well, I think those would be great resources, especially this new book, The Israel Factor. You can go to wordofmessiah.org. Mm-hmm. We're going to be right back with more of Sam Nadler on SWAT Radio. Thanks for listening. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary, and uh, I've got Sam Nadler on. You know, I was just listening to that good news, and even that phrase, Sam, has been um, when people hear euangelion, the Greek, uh, a lot of people only think about the saviorhood of Jesus. But if you go back to Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 52, which is uh, the, the, the word euangelion is used, which is it's, it's a quote from Roman, Romans 10 quotes it. And it actually means our God reigns. It's not just about his saviorhood. It's about his authority as our king and our ruler. That's why I love the Messiah uh, as priest, prophet, and king. A lot of times we just want a priest. Yes. <laughs> we don't want the prophet telling us what God wants us to do, and we certainly don't want a king overseeing all that. And so uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I want to give a quick recommendation to this book the israel factor and and one of the things i think would be very helpful for us is we're listening in fact tomorrow if you're listening today you call in tomorrow all you got to do is call in say you heard today and I, i may just have you call in and i'm gonna send you this book the israel factor because what he does in it is he goes through and he looks at the doctrines that Yeshua, uh, Jesus, um, you know, he taught. Because a lot of our doctrines come more from a Greek Western mindset than what happened in the first century. And that's what he lays out in this book. And I think one of the things that has really helped me, uh, Sam, is going back to Israel, learning a rabbinical approach how Jesus led his disciples and and i think uh if you know i think uh it would be helpful for people so that's the israel factor is yes. factoring back in what god yes. never factored out i love that subtitle that you put in there and by the way just a reminder put in swat 20 on the website word of org, and you get 20 percent off yes. the price in fact order two and give one away 
<laughs> order two, give one away. Order like three that. and give a couple away because the, I think I we like are that. a time where we need this kind of teaching. We need to understand because just frankly, and I don't really want to get off on too big of a rabbit trail, Sam, but I think the church in America is very weak because we don't understand Messiah's ministry and what he's called us to. Yes. Yeah, well, that's the whole idea, isn't it? The good news, uh, the uh, Evangelium, as you mentioned, uh, or in the Hebrew, from you mentioned from Isaiah, Besorah is the word that's used there, and the proclamation is, behold your God. Mm-hmm. Our God reigns. It's not a, mess, a weak message at all. It's a message that's meant to shake things up. And so we are to proclaim the Messiah for who he is. He is Lord. Uh, he has conquered death. He gives new life. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. We are more than conquerors. We can do all things in Messiah's strength. This is the message of the gospel. This is the message we are to proclaim. And boldly, we are to be a light in the darkness, salt on this corrupted uh, nation and the nations of the world. So this is the calling that we all share, in. and so it's a tremendous message of a triumphant message. So this is what we do and what we want our brothers and sisters to join in us doing here and around the world. Yeah. Well, hey, I got since I have you on here, I want to ask you, I want to go back to Acts 2 for one quick question that kind of occurred to me. As Peter's preaching, and he's getting up and he's proclaiming, the uh, messiah that jesus is messiah and right before it says they were cut to the heart or they were like stabbed it says know for certain that god has made him both lord and christ lord and messiah and so why the double mentioning of lord like lord means master right wouldn't that have been included when they said messiah so, do you have any insight yeah, to well, that? Yeah, he's giving, uh, he's being emphatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that he is doing, he's being very emphatic uh, in what he is testifying to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has to do uh, with the fact that he, well, he mentioned, it's like a threefold sermon that he is giving here uh, in the exaltation of, of Messiah, the mm-hmm. Son of God. First of all, he says in verse 22 and 23, the fact that he was crucified. Mm-hmm. He speaks of his crucifixion. Verse 24 to 32 in chapter 2 speaks of his resurrection. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, verse 33 to 33 speaks of his exaltation. And so it is a threefold sermon. And so when we look at, at that portion and recognize uh, what he's transitioning into, he wants us to understand uh, that uh, that he is the exalted Lord. Uh, in the portion that you mentioned, uh, when he's uh, dealing with the issue of his exaltation, uh, he says here, uh, verse 36, Therefore know the house of Israel, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, hmm. uh, this Jesus whom you crucified. And so he's dealing with it very emphatically. Let's understand why. The issue of him being Lord is the only reason we're saved. In other words, in other words, who could possibly be a sacrifice for our sins? Uh, The animals' sacrifices 
were just uh, uh, a good faith offering, you know, uh, looking forward to the perfect. What could possibly? It would be the Lord himself who died in our place, mm. understanding who he is, uh, the nature of the Messiah, God come in the flesh. This is the only sacrifice that would be sufficient for all of our sins that would make us acceptable before God. And so when he he proclaims here this emphatic message of the Lordship of Jesus, he's wanting everyone to understand that he is the Lord, indeed the Lord of glory, we would say, he's Lord and the Messiah, and therefore this Jesus whom you crucify, prophet, priest, king, all of it fulfilled in the death, resurrection uh, of our Lord. Well, you know, as I taught this this week, because I taught this week through 22 through uh, 41, I just I made a couple of comments about this was not a very seeker-sensitive uh, message that he gave to those people. <laughs> uh, because he was back in Jerusalem where just 49, 50 days earlier they had crucified his leader. You know, I mean, like when you think about what three or four times in this text – just in what we see, and, you know, it says at the end of the text, it says, with many other words, he bore witness. It seems emphatic for him to keep pointing out their guilt. I mean, that that he keeps yeah. saying, you did this, you did this, but God did this other thing. He raised him up. He, yeah. You know, he yeah. made him Messiah. Yeah. So <laughs> and this is exactly the message. Listen, we could say that when Jesus died for our sins, He died not just for Jewish sins, but for all our sins. All of our sins placed him on the cross. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't just Jewish people who uh, put him to death. It was Jewish people and Romans, Jews and Gentiles. All of us together are guilty of the greatest sin of all history, which is uh, the death of the Messiah. But that is the great glory of God uh, what God had done, uh, as he says in verse 23, uh, this was the plan of God all along. Uh, God had intended it to work out exactly this way for our redemption, our salvation. By the way, the Israel factor goes into that with quite a bit of detail, Doug. And you know why? Because the basic doctrines that are taught in seminary and Bible college is ten of them generally, uh, they're all pretty much developed at a period of time uh, when the people who developed them were also saying God was through with the Jews. Mm. They had factored Israel out. Well, what happens when we take a look at the very same doctrines that are so uh, essential and foundational for our faith? What happens when we now factor Israel back in? We go from black and white TV to full-color TV. We get a bigger picture of the very same truth, more profoundly presented when we see the faithfulness of God in each one of those matters. Mm -hmm. And so when we take a look at what is being preached here, it's the faithfulness of God uh, in sending the Messiah, in God coming in the flesh, dying in our place. The faithfulness of God is being demonstrated. And by the way, uh, if our listeners could understand how intrinsic this is to the festival of Pentecost, as we said earlier in the show. 
they would want to get that book because there's so much more meat on the bone. Well, I, I, I do want to remind them again, Messiah in the Feast of Israel and also the Israel Factor. And again, if you're listening today, you call tomorrow, you're going to get the book, and, and I'll send it to you. Um, I, I want to go back to one thing you shared earlier in the program. If people just tuned in, mm-hmm. uh, and even if they heard it, I want them to, to remind them, 3,000 people died when the law was given at the hands of Moses telling the priest to kill him. Why? Because they rebelled against God. Mm-hmm. They did not. Re- right. They got impatient and they rebelled mm-hmm. and 3,000 died. That exact number is who came to faith the day Peter preached on Pentecost when the coming of the Spirit came. Amen. And that's not coincidental. There is no coincidence yes, like that with not. God. I mean, to my understanding, I don't know of another 3,000 in the Scripture like that. I, I think that's – can you imagine those guys, Sam, when they're sitting there, okay, mm. baptizing, okay, 2,995, 96, 3,000. Wait a minute. 3,000. Isn't that what happened back in – I mean, they they had to have thought that, you know? Yeah. This is exactly why Luke presents it as he does as a second Mount Sinai experience because the law reveals our sinfulness, but the Spirit of God reveals Jesus. Yes. This is the dramatic fulfillment of all the truth of God's Word. Well, this uh, is wonderful stuff. Well, hey, our time has come to an end. I so appreciate you making time today, really on such short notice. Hey, uh, the website again is Word of Messiah. It was wordofmessiah.org. The two books, Messiah and the Feast of Israel, The Israel Factor. Sam, I pray God's blessing on you, brother. Thank you. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for being here today. Shalom, y'all. All All right. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. If you want to share this with a friend, you can have them go to SWATradio.com. It will be posted in a few hours, and you can share that link. Just uh, do a search for Sam Nadler, N-A-D-L-E-R. Again, that website, wordofmessiah.org. We will see you back tomorrow on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual.